The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Quite a week for the markets. Stocks unable to hold on the S&P 500 above 2100 this week and turning and going the other way. There's worry about the global economy, the Brexit vote coming up on June 23rd, a poll that suggests the leave the leave vote, the vote to exit the European Union is in the lead. And then you've got the bond market rally on fire as these concerns that are hurting the stock market make investors all the more eager to buy safe U.S. Treasury paper. Joining us now is Carlos Dominguez, co-founder, president, and chief investment officer at Element Point Advisors. He joins us from Miami, uh, and he also joins... His company, Element Point, from a long, long career on Wall Street, uh, Alpine Capital, J.P. Morgan, a man who has been there and done that for a long time, joining us today on Taking Stock. Carlos, welcome. Thanks for having me. The stock market, what do you think? Is this it for the year? Are we going to say we had this nice run back up from the lows that, you know, when the stock market cratered at the beginning of the year, worries over China? Uh, are we ready to sit here? Are we going to move higher? Or are we going to head for another correction? Well, look, I've, I, as you mentioned, I've been around a long time, so I respect that in the short term, the market could really do anything. And prior to today, uh, you know, the the rally off of February was quite sharp. The uh, breath was, was broadening out, and, uh, you know, it remains a pretty unloved market. So I know that uh, there's a lot of performance anxiety out there, especially amongst hedge funds. So I think in the short term, really anything can happen. However, we're not we're not traders here, and uh, you know our immediate intermediate term outlook is very cautious. We think the market here is probably about ten to fifteen percent overvalued, uh, given where we are in the economic cycle and uh, and where current econ- economic conditions are. And uh, specifically, I'd say you know look the, the U.S. the U.S. economy is struggling to even you know sustain anything close to two percent growth. We've got a, a manufacturing sector that is, is showing no growth. We're near full employment. We're starting to see a little bit of accelerating wage pressure, which is uh, pressuring corporate margins. And, uh, and you know, productivity has been very meek. Actually, in the first quarter, productivity was negative. So, uh, you know, when, when you take that all together, it, it doesn't paint a, a picture of, of being too bullish on stocks in the intermediate term. But you know, I think you you made reference to it. I think the elephant in the room is really what's happening in the in the bond market, especially the global bond market, which is which is portending uh, slow global growth and and an environment mm-hmm. where equities will not do very well. So let's uh, let's break this down a bit because le- the reality is there, and you say as you say, you're you're a medium, you're a longer term investor. You're not going to worry about the wiggles, but you do want to make money for your clients. So at a time like this. You know, where do you put your money? What kind of stocks do you buy? What do you avoid? Right. So, I mean, look, uh, we're multi-asset class class investors, but when you look at our specific uh, equity allocation, 
we kind of we kind of break the world down into what we would consider core holdings, which are you know names that have sustainable competitive advantage that generally kind of grow NAV over time. They're they're the names that are widely known, such as J and J, General Mills, Pepsi, Pfizer. Uh, Honeywells of the world. So, though you know, we have an overweight to those names that we call core allocations, and then um, we also break up, uh, you know, by style. We look at uh, value and contrarian names, and then on the other side, uh, on the more aggressive side, we look at what we call growth and momentum names. And in a market like this, we tilt heavily towards value and contrarian names. Uh, we also, I should say, uh, have a, uh, a large overweight to cash, and, and I know you know a lot of people won't tell their clients to to in, you know to hold a, a large cash allocation. But to us, it's it's not only uh, the ultimate volatility dampener, but it it really serves as uh, as an you know as giving us the opportunity to take advantage of volatility in the market uh, should we see it. Bonds, they've got all kinds, and a lot of them mm-hmm. have slipped into negative territory. Uh, what about $10 trillion worth of, uh, of bonds around the world with negative yields? And, of course, you've got sovereign, you've got the governments, you've got corporates. Uh, in the U.S., you have munis, which are very popular. What is your position on fixed income? So we, we, we have, a, uh, I'd say, a normal allocation of core fixed income, um, Munis have have been a large part of our clients' portfolio. I think on a relative basis, corporates are starting to look to look a little more interesting. Um, I would say where we're a little bit out of consensus is that we're we're longer duration than you know the average advisor would would recommend, and that's just because with U.S. rates at tenure at 1.65, and as you mentioned, 10 trillion dollars of sovereign bonds globally trading at negative rates. We think there's there's downward pressure on rates, so uh, you know we're not afraid to hold to hold bonds here. But obviously, you know we balance that with a, a larger than normal allocation to cash. So, what about uh, some of the alternatives? Do you play in that space? The liquid alts, as they're called, real estate, REITs, any of that? I don't. I'm not a big fan of liquid alts, uh, and uh, you know I'm not a big fan of hedge funds at this time. Uh, we do like private equity, and um, and we're finding in, in private equity there's also some interesting uh, uncorrelated strategies. There's one in particular that we've been looking at recently. It's a fund that Apollo is going to come out with later this year. Uh, this is their third fund. It's a life settlements fund, so really just has no correlation to the equity market. And that fund in the prior two uh, funds has averaged uh, low double-digit re- net returns to the investor. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, seems really interesting to us in this environment. Uh, commodities, anything there? Uh, very, uh, very small allocation to gold. Okay. What about overseas markets? What about overseas developed markets? What about emerging markets? So uh, we have a very, uh, very small allocation to emerging markets. Actually, the the one I like the most, uh, which we invest through an ETF, is Russia, hmm. uh, probably because it's the cheapest and most uh, one of the most unloved and cheapest emerging markets out there. And really, uh, given how crude has bounced back pretty sharply, rather than you know chase any U.S. sort of exposure to to energy, we'd rather we'd rather do that through Russia. 
So that's where that's on the emerging market side. On the international developed side, uh, we do have some, you know, some Europe and Japan. I prefer to look for managers that focus more on the small and mid-cap growth when it comes to Europe and Japan, because I find that, you know, our, our U.S. holdings, which tend to be, you know, very large cap. They have they have a lot of exposure to to those economies anyway, so I don't want I don't want that redundant exposure in our portfolios, and we do a look through of the names we hold, and about 65 percent of our revenues come from the U.S. and 35 from abroad. Just a quick comment on Apple. It's on my mind because of the developers conference next week. I don't even want to talk about individual companies, but what is your sense of Apple and and that kind of stock that was in such great favor for a while and now seems to have languished a bit. Well, this is the kind of environment where I actually want to own a name like Apple. It's generally unloved. The you know the the slow the slow growth environment where where you know the smartphone heavy growth phase is over, but it's well known. Uh, they've got a lot of cash. They're they're returning their cash to shareholders, and and the company has shown a, a history of innovation. So you know to write them off at this stage is is I think fool's gold. Carlos Dominguez, thank you so very much. He's co-founder, president, chief investment officer at Element Point Advisors in Miami. I'm Kathleen Hayes. My co-host, Pim Fox, is on assignment this afternoon. Movers and shakers, the market close, coming up on Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.